Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, June 9, 2020. It's actually Bill and Ted Day, 69 dudes, that's Ian. Pat's trying Um, to tell me that eating barbecue before an overnight red eye is a good idea. It it, it is in San Diego Airport, I'm Pat Contry. On the podcast today, we'll be talking about lots of fun stuff. Uh, Game Gear Micro, the best idea we've ever heard of. An update on the Atari VCS and the lawsuit, Pac-Man Championship for Famicom, a sim refinery, and more, and good stuff. Um, and yes, Ian does like going into my refrigerator and then pointing out I have too many sides from, from takeout and delivery. I was chilling my beverages, and I opened the fridge, and Pat has a stack of 14 side containers. Did you actually, like, I just it? counted, yes. I just counted. And 14. We- well, I said like, when you get a Raglan burger, they give you like six right there. They do. When you get. It's good sauce. And it won't go bad right away. Anyway, Ian, how was your weekend? Uh, I mean, all things considered, it was fine. Uh... <laughs> okay. Um, well, I have a doctor's appointment on Wednesday. That's really what I'm focused on. So I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and we'll see what they say about my uh, neck. Um, as far as my weekend, it was pretty good. We'll talk, uh, about, we'll talk about Saturday night li- later, playing some games. Uh, it was good. We, uh, I, uh, Vani and I played D and D again on Sunday, and we're having a blast with that. Just having a real good time. Um, and it's nice to escape from the real world for a while. That's true. Um, and I played a lot of, uh, I mean, we should probably just talk about it. No, we shouldn't, because I have an order for you, for some you, reason you, on you, you asked me what I did this weekend. What I did this weekend not, was play Clubhouse games. Oh, you, okay, you play, okay, it's fine. We'll screw up the whole order. I had a whole thing planned about how I'd go through this for a reason, <laughs> like updating my hair. Week 17 of my hair, Ian. It's now desperation level with my hair, because um, now it's not growing down like your hair does. It's just growing into my eyes and I think it's taking control of my of my prefrontal uh, lobe at this point my hair it's just like I, I think so too since you're so concerned about the order here I am because <clears throat> we also got to talk about hey we got enamel pins we got a, a limited t-shirt at ultimateno.com check it out and books for sale I also want to announce this and I, and I didn't know how to announce this before but now I figure out a way to make sense uh, with everything going on um, I, I started a cameo account so if you don't know what Cameo is, Cameo is where you can record personalized messages for people for like their birthdays or or anniversaries or if you want to break up with someone. And I've done a, I've done a couple of them so far. Um, go to Cameo.com slash Pat Contry if you want me to do that. And all proceeds, net proceeds from this month of June, I will donate towards the American Civil Liberties Union if you want me to do a Cameo. 
So it's out there. You can get me to do a personalized message with the hair, you know, and whatever you want. I would love to, to get to, to try to break up with someone for you, even as a joke. I think it'd be funny to do that. Uh, so again, cameo.com slash uh, Pat Contry. Uh, do you want to talk about Clubhouse Games, Ian? Yeah, I want to talk about Clubhouse Games. It's the game of the year. I don't Clubhouse know if it's, Games. Yeah, I, for me, Streets of Rage 4 is still, is still in the running for game of the year. But Clubhouse Games is exactly what I expected it would be. It is a collection of 51 games, most of them done uh, most of them done well, uh, some fairly bare bones, but the important part is the variety, the fact that the online so far has been um, good, which is not something that you normally expect from a Nintendo product when it comes to online. Um, I really like how they've set up online, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. They got the net code going. And... Uh, yeah, uh, Pat and I, we, we, we played some games together. Um, uh, what was that? Saturday, Saturday night. night Saturday night. That we did. On my Twitch. I was, uh, I was just sitting on my couch uh, playing playing back. But uh, what did we play? We played Moncala. We played checkers. We played Chinese checkers. I fucking hate checkers. You did not do well at checkers at all. I No. I, I, we I played I, Renegade. Renegade. We, we played toy boxing. We played toy tennis. And toy baseball. Which I'll talk about that. How difficult it was to hit the baseball in that. Um, it was. It's more difficult. Excuse me. It's easier to hit a real baseball than to hit that baseball. Anyway, um, and we played. Um, we played Connect Four or whatever they call it, four in a row. Yeah, I misfired a shot there. And I oh, was, is that why I won so easily? That, that's <laughs> why I just started stacking them in the middle. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I my finger, like. I don't, like I, I, the way I hold it when I'm doing the touch screen is I kind of hold it like that and I grip and my oh, finger you, had you, you used touch screen for it. Okay. Yeah, and my finger like went around the top and dropped a piece. I was like, so, oh, so I used it. a pro controller. So I went to um, I actually went to um, Target and got my physical copy because Amazon wasn't mailing it out right away, even though I pre-ordered it a week ago. So I, I went to Target and online it, it said that they had them in stock, but there weren't any on the display, so people were buying them. So I had to ask the guy behind the counter. Who it was funny. He didn't hear, hear the game before. The guy working there, he's like, "Oh, what is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's on the Switch." And I was like, "He's like, okay, okay." So he saw there was none. He went to the back. He got me one. I feel like saying you should have brought them out because there's gonna be more people that are buying this because, you know, the front display probably holds like 20 of them. I'm guessing, and those were gone um, there. So so I got it. I tried it before I played with Ian, and I love the presentation of the game. I like the little figurines. I, there's four characters, and they and they're goofy, but the, the voice acting is very well done. Um, the interactions, you can skip them, but when they explain the games, it's it's kitschy, it's cute. I actually um, tweeted at the the woman who plays the 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 the, the, uh, the black woman character uh, figurine, mm-hmm. and because she, she said, "Oh, I, this is out now. So it was my dream come true to like voice a Nintendo game." I'm like, oh, it was like good for you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And the, and the big need was like, well, it's time. Like, who wants the ball? Go bowling! Like, I guess that's the thing when you, when you hit play bowling. She says, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very, like I said, it's goofy interactions. It's the two adults and the two bratty kids that that sounds like it sounds like a cartoon from the 90s. Yes, the kids drive me crazy. They're like, oh, yeah! <laughs> but, it, but it works. It gives it personality. I don't mind that. Um, and it's a good intro to the games. Obviously, some introductions of how to play are better than others, but you you learn as you go in these games, and, you, and a lot of the games have hints or like what you should do. Like they, you give little hints. So. Yeah, for instance, Renegade. It can it'll uh, if you want it like or a hint. In, if you if you want to use hints in Renegade, it'll show you where uh, your available moves are. Um, if you use them in Dominoes, it'll like highlight the domino. 
you know, stuff that for online, it, it, it doesn't ruin the game. But stuff for online, it helps keep the stuff. It helps keep the games moving at a, a reasonable yeah. pace. I'm, I'm not. Sure. I didn't try it for chess when I played chess against computer to see like what hits or what you could do. I would guess that being that there's 51 games, there's no way that they could properly, you know, design a proper hint system for all of those games. No, but some of them, they really did a good job. Like, I want to mention uh, the Ricci Mahjong, um, because that's the type of Mahjong that I play. It's not the Solitaire Mahjong, it's the four-player Mahjong that's like a card game. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a very, very complex, difficult game to learn. Um, And one of the things they do is you can press a button when you're playing, and it'll actually look at your tiles, and it will help you, it'll, like, suggest hands that you can go for. It'll kind of, like, help you learn what to look for when you're playing. Okay. And and make it, because there's, like, Jesus, how many hands are there in Mahjong that you can memorize? I think there's, like, 35 hands or something like that. So it make it, it it's very helpful to have that. Um, so they, I, I feel like they put the effort into... Um, the games where it would require it the most. Um, what I like about this game, and this is something you will not get on maybe a system where the games are three to ten dollars each, is that they belong in obviously the same universe. These games, sure, I, they look like they are done by the same company, obviously because they are the same developer. But the 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 graphics and sound design are excellent. I mean, I mean the, like the the falling of of the whatever they are checkers and. The connect before four, the that, I noticed that too. Like, it sounds it, it they sounds li- like they mu- they actually they mic'd it. up a connect four and they played they, it. They like folded it maybe the sound. Yeah, the Moncala dropping the little seeds. Yep. sounds like crisp. It's it, very very pleasing to listen. It to. sounds like you're playing a real game. Yep, like I can't explain until you play some of them, but it, it's it's spot on with the, the sound. sound of the pieces flipping in uh, reverse is like really satisfying too. Hearing all the tiles go. As they flip. Oh them yeah, over. that's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean these are things that you don't notice. The dominoes hit with a satisfying click. Oh, like I, I didn't play the dominoes. It, it clicks nice. Yeah, like they they. It's it's just it's very well done. If you miss the sort of like clean sterile, it's weird to miss it. But I guess. But if you miss like the Wii era like design from Nintendo, this is this is this, is, this is very much a, a return to like that Wii era design. The music sound it may even be composed by the same person. I have no idea. But the music sounds like it would have fit on the Wii Shop channel. Um, yeah, it's very pleasant. Yeah, it's it's inviting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played through. I probably played half the games between playing myself and Ian. I played the Mastermind Logic game. Was fun. That's just like uh, that's just single player. I don't think that's multiplayer, right? Or well, you can play it. You can play it multiplayer. Basically, you pick the code and you just hand it off to someone. Oh, okay, yeah, you, you just double up uh, yeah. uh, there. So um, there is a lot of games on here that we t- spoke about before that you wouldn't have have to include it on here in order to have a successful product. But they really said, okay, we didn't. We, this is basically your new we play in almost we sports. So, like, the tank game is excellent for what it is. Even though there's only three stages, um, it, it harkens back to, obviously, the We Play tank game. It's a little more complex, and it looks better, obviously, because you can do the, the shots for, and also you can lob you the can shots. You lob the shots. And plus, there's the team tanks, which I, we should have did team tanks. We didn't even you can't do, do team tanks online for some reason. You can't do that one online? No. Damn it. Well, get that. Four, I think it's 41 out of the 51 games you can play um play online or 40 out of 51. Yeah, the solitaire games, obviously, you can't play online, and then, like, I think there's a 
couple four-player games that you can't... Anything where you have to team up, I don't think you can play online. I don't think you can play slot cars online, I don't believe. No, no, I don't think you can. Which is fine. I mean, it's such a quick experience. Anyway, and that's actually more fun than it looks. When you play slot cars, it's literally one button. Accelerate and stop accelerating. Yep. And it works very well. And you you have to feel for when you're going to be going too fast around a curve or else you spin off. Sure. And what's interesting is they did the... What, they did the, the you can create your own up to three tablets, put them together, create mm-hmm. your own race, which obviously I didn't try. Um, I didn't try the shooting gallery. That's it's it's literally the Wii Play shooting gallery. I didn't pl- try that. The toy games work very well. They feel good. The boxing felt re- right. We played the boxing real quick. It was a quick. They're quick games though. But baseball, I had problems with. Uh, baseball, I played against Ian. I'm not saying Ian's a maestro at this, but I managed to hit the ball to play like twice. I think <laughs> in baseball, it's tough. Uh, the ball goes really, really, or the whatever pinball goes really too quickly in that, and, and it is hard. I played Norm before at Slugfest, you know, in the Williams machine, and you do have to get used to the timing. But that wasn't like this. This was like you have less than a quarter of a second to react and to hit it. It's it's quick. I was hitting fouls no problem, but um, yeah, I mean, getting a good hit was difficult. In three innings, I hit two triples. Um, I think toy baseball is actually one of the most disappointing for me because I love that style of baseball game. I actually have a game uh, on my Switch just called Desktop Baseball okay. that is essentially just that because I love playing that shit so much. I did fine versus computer. Um, no, my, my beef with it is um, it's important to keep ball... Uh, it's important that uh, being able to like strikes and balls are an important thing in, right, in that. Sure. And while it gives you all the options to, um, you know, throw, it, it gives you the options for a curve, a slider, a uh, fastball, curve, screwball, fastball, and uh, and a changeup. Um, it didn't seem to matter. Like it, there was no the way that the strike zone and the ball and the the, the way that was all set up. It didn't seem like it was ever really effective to try to go for a ball or something like that it takes it it basically no matter what i threw at you it may have been confusing looking or it may have changed the speed up but you could have hit any of those well i thought i swung through a few when you when, right. when you when you threw the slow ones i waited for them and timed them sure. and i it wasn't connecting it seemed like it maybe it's off a teeny bit it didn't seem like i connected when i should have a couple of times but they can correct that in an update. That's not a big deal. They can, sure. They've already come up with a couple of quick little updates. Have they? Yes. It's up to like 1.1 or 1.11 at this point. They've already done some corrections. Um, that's the bad part about it. When you're doing 50 games, you, it's hard to pay attention to all of them to the same extent. Sure. It looks great, though. This, the sound of the spring, like that's all great. Um, that's what I was going to say. The disappointments to me from what I saw was some of the AI. But I did not play through all of them. Like maybe you played um, the AI in in I, I I played Shogi. I did okay. Moncala. I did okay. Nines Men's Morris. I, I didn't like that game. I'll get into why later. But it, it's not for me. But when I did the baseball game versus computer, whenever they batted from the I think it was the left side of the computer, if I threw it away like a screwball, they always swung at it and couldn't connect. They like backed up. The AI was mm. off. They sure. couldn't. They couldn't lay off of it, and but they could hit it if they went forward. But they went back. So there's definitely some some AI issues here. If you play multiplayer, you'll probably be better off. When I played the the, the computer at chess, um, I think it was supposed to be beginner or normal. 
I tore through it like it like the computer wasn't even a remote challenge. It was it was bad. It was like a it was like a, a first grader playing someone. So meanwhile, that, uh, if you play the computer in Renegade, normal may as well be impossible mode and impossible sure. mode may as well be normal and renegades I, a fell to everyone yeah i mentioned that in I, I i did a little bit of a, a writing on it for the patreon um but yeah across and, and it's just because how you have to program of course ai for all these different games but the ai is incredibly uneven across all the games sure um the difficulty as well i'm trying to think of the other ones uh what is it the six ball drop game what is it called which, I think it's literally called like six ball puzzle or something like yeah, that. That's a great game on its own. Like that was seemed, seemed like that you wouldn't have to include it, but that was like I didn't play it, but it looked kind of like Mermaids of Atlantis or uh, uh, Bubble Bath Babes. Well, you drop you drop three, but the the balls settle. Uh, they, don't, okay. they don't stick. They settle. Gotcha. In. So the physics are pretty good. Because the first couple times, like oh, I'm gonna get this combo, but then the ball just slid slightly off. I was like, ah, oh, it screwed me up. And you can do combos. And I think if you get if you try to set up certain patterns, you screw your enemy. Like at one point, I was playing the computer, and they just dropped like all this garbage on my side, and I was done. Um, very again, very polished games. It's like how many of these games are that deep? That's that's the only issue. But again, it's fifty one games; they don't have to be deep. So, 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 for example, the toy golf game, which is very very well done. Is it? I didn't for play that, that game. one yet. It, it has it has nine holes. Maybe they could have done eighteen, but it has nine. So it's like okay, it's better than nothing. Sure, but that game. It's, you only get three clubs. You get a driver, you get like a like a wedge or iron, and you get the putter. It's like close to NES golf, just in the concept of how it plays. Sure, you pick out the club, you see the distance, you, you and you don't have to, you worry about the wind. You don't have to worry about slicing it. Thank God, you just worry about the power of your hit, and 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 you do it. Um, but even the graphics for that are pretty good. Like the water effects, really good for that. Or did you try the fishing? No, nope, not yet. You did not try the fishing. Oh my god, Ian! I keep forgetting about oh it. Oh my god, there's too many games to play. Uh, All right, literally, I fight. What I do with Clubhouse games now is I turn it on, I go to online, I pick Dominoes, Renegade, and Moncala, and I just wait for a game. Moncala is really fun, really fun. I can't believe uh, I didn't learn how. I didn't learn how to play Moncala until I got clubhouse games <laughs> and now it's, it's and now it's now it's like uh, all i play on Kyle's really good i was i was disappointed by nine nines men's morris or nine men's morris whatever i was disappointed by the rules because i figured out how to play it by the second game but then um basically nine nines men's morris if, if people out there you have you get nine marbles for each player you have to you you have to do three in a row in, in a in a lateral horizontal or vertical to get a, a point a million you take a marble marble from your opponent away there it, the board set up with four sets of squares and each square goes inside each other and you place the marbles one at a time and then you move them when the opponent gets down to only three marbles left they, they can't just, just move in one space anymore they can hop any marble anywhere so I was way ahead of the computer at that point I think it was up like seven marbles to three and when that happened when they got down to three marbles I was screwed and they managed to catch up and to do a draw and at that point, I'm like, well, the rules, either I don't know how to play this really still, or the rules are so tilted where you have basically a second set of rules that come into play near the end. I didn't like that at all. I was disappointed in that. Uh, Hounds and Hares should not have been included. I'd like to say that game is too simplistic and dumb for, for clubhouse games. That's the one, to me, that should not have been included. That game's a joke. And it's not just a joke because it's extremely impossible to win. Yeah, it is. But you you realize after like three moves you can't win you can't trap if you if you move if you do one move out of place 
if, if the hare knows what they're doing to not get trapped by the three dogs, it, it's a stalemate. And that's what happened. Like, this is a gar- yes. it's a garbage game. It's a garbage game. Um, um, I don't care how old it is or how it's a, it should not have been included at all. Um, I would say the same for War, Takoyaki, and Pig's Tale. But some people like War for whatever reason. Sure. Um, and and, and I, I do need to go back to, I think, something that Pat said real quick before I launch into these being bad. Um, there's a lot of games on here that I am never going to touch again. But the fact of the matter is, 51 games, I'm not buying it for 51. I was buying it for about 10, and anything else is a bonus. Yeah, I would say easily half of these are, at least to me, very replayable. At least half. Um, but Takoyaki is literally all luck. It's just an interesting card setup. It's literally 10 spaces. 10 spaces for the other person with cards. Then there's a deck of cards in the middle. And you pick one. And you put it in that space, and then you flip it over. Okay. And then whatever card that is, you can keep, like, popping the cards over. Okay. But there's there's literally no skill. It's just a matter of how lucky you are pulling the card off the top. Um, kind, kind of like uh, the, the fast card, the spit version they have there, where you... Well, speed's a little different. That requires yeah. skill to, to push yeah, it speed Yeah, speed's different. Gotcha. Um, and then um, uh, Pig's Tail is literally... Um, if you pick a card and it's the same suit as the card that you just picked, it goes to the next player. Or you put like it, it's they're they're That's very kind of like Uno. A little bit. No, these oh, are no. these are worse than Uno. Okay. These are just absolutely like dog shit games. I would say that the um, the card game selection was a little questionable. I didn't try the solitaires. I mean, it's hard to screw up solitaire. It's hard to screw up yeah. solitaire. Um, um, sevens is fun. We didn't. We didn't play the, the two ones we should have done. We didn't do try darts or or, or the bowling. Yeah, I'm from not, what I heard they're good. I'm not in for, a position to be doing motion stuff. So. For, for when I saw from for when I, from when I saw from the the darts, it looked pretty damn accurate moving the Joy-Con, and you saw the dart move. That's cool. before you did it. So that's good. Um, the biggest disappointment to me, and I knew, I I knew I was going to be disappointed by it. They had to include Hold'em, Texas Hold'em. They had to include a poker game. I wish they didn't now, because it's a Nintendo kitty sate version of Hold'em. So, the way the Hold'em works in this game, and I was flabbergasted how disappointing it was. Again, they can always update the rule sets or add more. That's a good thing about this. Nintendo, with, with now with the stuff they publish, they're going to have updates that are going to come out. Hell, they could add more games if they want to, or more or variations. The way the uh, 51 looks on the title page looks like it was it's just waiting to change to like 52 or 54 or, or, or 59 or whatever it, like it, the, they uh, made the art very easy to change if yeah. need be. I, I think they're going they're going to do that. Not just for that, but the fact that like um when you play like chess for example, there's only there's what a lot of games have what easy, normal, hard and, and impossible. Advanced or whatever and impossible is like four or five modes. But there's not a lot of different options in between. I cannot change, for example, you know, my game board look. I can't do that. I only can change uh, black, white, or random to start, or the computer, you know, and that's it. Um, but they can, again, they can add on. Here's the problem with the Hold'em. The problem with the Hold'em is that it's four players, which is fine. The Hold'em's usually up to nine. The problem with Hold'em is that maybe there's different options. It's only five rounds. These like they don't want you playing there for hours for no reason. It's five rounds. Whoever has the most chips win, and you all start at a hundred. The issue is that it's not even if you know what no limit is or pot limit. It's an artificial limit, Ian, where you can bet. Uh, I think you can bet five, but then you can raise, but you cannot raise more than that on each each street. So the issue is this: 
you cannot bluff in this version because because you cannot put your uh your opponent at risk. Right. You you can stay in every garbage hand you have. There's no reason to fold in this version of Hold'em. You can't really bluff people out. It pays to stay in. It's not Hold'em anymore. Um, and I'm very disappointed at that. And I understand why they did it. Because Hold'em can be very intimidating if you play someone that's very aggressive. You can't be aggressive in this version at all. It's, this is literally like a luck game now. This is, this is almost like rolling the dice. This version of Texas Hold'em. It is. I won one hand. Um, when I played, I won one hand because I, I, I hit a two pa- an ace and three two pair and won a lot of money because I kept staying in the pot when I shouldn't. And after that, I just basically folded the last few hands and I, I had way more chips than the other three person. It was impossible to come back. So again, d- disappointed in that. But again, people aren't going to be buying this to play Hold'em. I think people, if they really want to play Hold'em, will get a pack of cards yeah. and, and play it. But, but the, again, the good, the good news is that they can probably add this on. I mean, they could they could increase it, you know, increase the options later. Uh, hex was interesting. I could not wrap my head around the strategy of hex, though, but I liked it, uh, where you have to get your your pieces to the other side mm-hmm. of the board, and and it's all hexagonal um, strategy. Maybe maybe the key is to do like a circle, create like a circle. That might there. actually, yeah. Now I'm thinking of that. Um, Did and you then, play any backgammon? No, and I, I backgammon should, is a and I, great, and game. I should because I never learned how to play it. I should play backgammon. Um, is it cool with the shaker? With the shaker, does it feel like it? I, I, I haven't. I, so I, oh. I have. I actually haven't played backgammon yet because I want to sit down. Because every time I, I love backgammon. Uh, I think I've ta- told the story on here before. If not, when I worked at a country club, um, it was always really, really slow at the beginning of the month uh, during lunch, and because basically the way a country club works is they have to spend a certain amount of money every month. Um, so they do less of it at the beginning of the month and they do more of it at the end of the month. Um, so when it was slow, the bartender who I did not get along with, we hated each other, but she kept a backgammon board behind the bar and we would, I don't know, tersely play backgammon with each other (laughs) during lunch. We'd sit there and play. So I love backgammon and I relearned the rules like, uh, probably about a year ago, but I always need brushing up on them. Um, that's one that I really wanted to check out that I haven't yet. That's the good news yet. Like I, I had a good time and I didn't play, I didn't play that. I only played one game of the Gomoku, which is the like the five in a row Othello, basically, on the board, the little black and white more. That that's a fun one. I didn't play Karim yet. Um I didn't play well, I don't know any Mahjong. I didn't play any of that. Um I didn't do bowling yet. I didn't do air hockey yet, which seemed fun. Um so I haven't even touched like fifteen games still, and I think it's worth it. Yes. Yeah. Just from the ones I played. I think it's worth it. I, oh, dots and boxes was interesting. I didn't it's all about I guess I guess it's almost like um you know uh, connect four you don't want to do the third side but there's a there's like a really big like planning stages of dots and boxes and yeah. then it all comes together and I somehow won it but I did not know the strategy like I knew enough like okay I should probably do this but like that one was weird to me dots and boxes was a classic game uh family road trip game was uh, it yeah my mom and I okay. used to play it all the time she'd pull out a pad of paper and a pen I, and just make the grid and we'd just pass it back and I forth. didn't even try yacht dice I forgot to try yacht dice I heard the shaky sounds really good for the shaky. I uh, I played yacht dice online and remembered that Yahtzee is just an incredibly painful and unfun game <laughs> <laughs> well, it's randomness. I mean, it's just like, yeah. yeah, you could say, well, it's a good strategy if I try to keep three or go for the straight or whatever, but that's, that's, it's randomness plus. I had a problem with Yahtzee. Uh, I, I, I had the app. I even wrote about it once on the, the Patreon. I had the Yahtzee app and it was such a 
tire fire of an app that I couldn't look away. And I, for like three months, I played Yahtzee it was just on bad. there with people. And I just, I can't, I don't think I'll ever play Yahtzee again. Last card was almost Uno. It's not Uno because there's not draw four. There's draw three. Oh. So there's a draw draw three. And is there a draw two? Like Because Yahtzee, excuse me, Uno has draw four and draw two. Um, when you, when you get the uh, the wild draw four, so it's, I guess that was the way around it. Draw three, they had. Sure. I guess it was draw three and draw two. But yeah, you had to hit a button on your set when you had two cards left to put the card down. Again, that's that's mostly there's a little bit of skill, but that's mostly luck of the draw in uh, in Uno. But it was a fun game. I, I played it just against the computer. Like you're playing what I think it's four players, and I think I won it somehow. But that again, that's like that's like luck. So yeah, check it out. I th- I think for forty bucks, it's well worth it. Sure. If it was sixty, I'd be like, eh, forty bucks is well worth it. And again, I think they're going to have a lot of updates uh, with things with with like little. And I think it's going to do well. Points. I saw a lot of people on my friends list playing it. Um, it, it people who like I uh, I actually bought it for my friend Audrey. Um, so Audrey, uh, is, you've met Audrey, John uh, John's girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Um, her and I, before they moved, her and I used to get together once a week to play board games. We'd play chess, we'd play, you know, all sorts of stuff. And uh, I wanted to teach her backgammon at some point, and then they moved, and now, obviously, with the uh, COVID, they're not getting out. So I bought her a copy of that so we could play board games and stuff again. But uh, I bought it for her. I bought her the digital copy, and John told me, she was like, oh, I was looking into this. She doesn't pay attention to games at all. But she heard of this. But she had heard of this. And uh, turns out John had actually ordered her copy. So, yeah. So he'll, he's just going to have to return the physical copy. There you go. Um, and even, like, people I wouldn't expect, like my friend's uh, son, um, him and I are friends on on uh, on there. And I saw him playing uh, Clubhouse games last night. And I'm like, all right. So, it's- so this could be, like, the little midlife resurgence of the Switch to, like, a new audience almost. Like, they're, like, kind of... You know what I mean? Like, the, sure, they're expanding out to that we sort of hyper casual audience that would not have paid attention to some of these games. Like, if Nintendo, uh, I haven't seen them promoting this on. They're promoting like buy a Switch on on Twitter, promote a post, even though you can't find one. You'll know, sure. find a Switch Live. But if they start advertising this, like on TV, and I think they're gonna, it's it's it's. I, I'll, let's put it this way: I'll, I will, I will not be surprised if this has sold already, like you know, a few million, you know. Maybe like five million within a couple of months. Like I won't be shocked by those numbers. Sure, it's not. It's not going to be like Harvest Moon. Maybe you mean Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. I always put those two names together. It won't be like that. But I think it, this will have a long shelf life. Yeah, I think this will be the game that for people, future people that get a Switch for the first time. Hey, forty bucks game. Let's grab it. Right. Like how one two Switch should have been, mm-hmm. not sixty dollars for that as a throwaway tech demo game. Like this is not a tech demo game. This is a nice little package, and plus the piano. You can play as a little synthesizer, and and I and I saw you can you can double up for more keys. You can do you can triple. Yeah, you oh, you can, can triple. Do, you can do three. You get your nice little Nord uh, Nord lead synth, red synth. <laughs> that's basically what it was modeled after, right? I think that's what the look was they were going for. Yeah, but the sound is close, wasn't it? Sure. Come on, you got the fact that I even know that you got to be impressed by. <laughs> I was into my synth. I had I had a Yamaha AN One X synth in college. Oh, nice. That was a, okay. Sorry. Anyway. I've been following a little uh, Deep Space Nine, following up, uh, watching it. I'm into season three right now uh, with Deep Space Nine. And I talked about, even on the phone, about just how good, you, you forget how good Deep Space Nine is, Star Trek, until you really get into it. The characters are so much better right. and interesting than, than Next Generation uh, because all the characters are, are, don't like each other 
from the on the surface. Yeah. They're all different personalities. Like Miles O'Brien, like the blue collared engineer, just hates Bashir, the like upper middle class, like kind of yuppie uh, a doctor. Then they they get along eventually. But, you know, there's there's a lot of tension in between. Like there's like class t- uh, tension and. People just don't like each other because because of the politics of what's going on, and Garak, who's a recurring character, who's the Cardassian Taylor, who ends up he's actually an ex spy. I told Ian I didn't realize it, and people that watch Deep Space Nine will know who Garak is. He's he's played by Andrew Robinson, who was Scorpio in Dirty Harry. And if you've not ever seen Dirty Harry before, and people, yeah, it's it's Dirty Harry, it's Clint Eastwood, yes. But that movie works because of just how fucking creepy and psychotic Andrew Robinson plays Killer Scorpio in that movie. It's that's how a killer would act. Yes. Like it's really creepy. And um, yeah. Anyway, so check out Deep Space Nine if you haven't. Uh, real quick, Ian, um, I watched the Thirty for Thirty B Water with Bruce Lee. Uh, I don't think you watched it, but you did say that you know a little bit of Bruce Lee. I was surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, it, it was good because it was more like a biography because um, there are documentaries about that focus on obviously his martial arts skill and all the all the things he's, he used to how he used to train right how he trained so hard he like broke his back that stuff was not even almost mentioned um, which was disappointing a little bit I would love to have learned a little bit more about if you don't know why Bruce Lee is so important to martial arts and it's yes because he helped popularize uh, martial arts in, in the West in the late 60s, early 70s. It became a pop culture phenomenon um, and brought a lot of the Asian culture to us. Uh, Bruce Lee was was way ahead of his time in, in terms of fiddling and mixing with different martial arts together. And that was not a thing that happened. Um, so he realized that things that he, he was trained in Wing Chun, uh, Kung Fu, and realized that this is not the end-all be-all. There's other things I can learn from Western boxing, from, from Judo and Jiu-Jitsu, and from um, even fencing techniques in terms of stance. So he combined all this stuff together. And that was looked down upon by the, the establishment of uh, martial arts. Um, he, he drew the ire of the Chinese uh, traditionalists mm-hmm. uh, for teaching Westerners. Even though I talked to my friend Yoshi, they said that it happened. It was a little bit blown out of portion with legend, but they, they were not pleased sure. that he was uh, teaching you know, Amer- white Americans you know, uh, and, and black Americans had to do some of the stuff when he came over here uh, to California and I think in Seattle too. So that stuff wasn't really focused on. It more focused on, you know, discrimination in a larger uh, picture about, you know, starting with, you know, Jap- Japanese occupation. And then it went into all discrimination in the U.S., how he bounced back and forth uh, between, you know, Hong Kong and uh, the U.S. And when he wasn't accepted as a full uh, Chinese person when he went back because he was here. And then he was never accepted in the U.S. He was discriminated against here. You know, he never got roles here. You know, he play- he portrayed uh, Cato for Green Hornet. wasn't paid. He was paid like a fourth of what everyone yeah. else was paid, which Almost was like, wow, when he was like, you know, he was a co-star of that. And a lot of people watched <laughs> just for him. Um, they basically built the role around him because they realized, what, what do we have here? And then, of course, the most famous thing, which I, one of the, the most biggest missed opportunities in entertainment ever was that, you know, Bruce Lee came up with the idea for Kung Fu. And then they said, oh, we don't want you to play it. We were not interested. And they ended up doing it with, with fucking David Carradine. And I like David Carradine, but... If it was Bruce Lee in that role, holy shit, that show would have been amazing. Yeah. Kung Fu. That would have been an amazing show. Frank loves that show. I, I said, imagine if that was Bruce Lee. He's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it would have been <laughs> it would have been legendary. No one really talks about the original Kung Fu that much. Um if it was Bruce Lee, it would have been amazing. And then My ob- dad loved that show. Then obviously he goes back he goes back to, you know, Hong Kong. He does his well, four and a half movies, four movies that were released, 
and unfortunately he dies because he takes um the uh, the the pill to whatever it was anti it was like it was like, it was like a pill to help with his uh, headache and he had a bad allergic reaction and his brain swelled yep. and he died so it was a biography um but it, it got into his philosophy a bit it didn't really get into how much he knew about philosophy how much he learned that would have been interesting but no it, it was it, thirty for thirties are great because because ESPN obviously Disney has the money to like go all out and they they had footage of stuff that I hadn't seen before in documentaries like I didn't know how much of a, of a child actor Bruce Lee was that I did not know I, I thought he dabbled but like he was he was in a lot of movies I didn't know before that I, I knew he I knew he messed around a little bit but I didn't know he was in a movie as a teenager where he basically plays like a ruffian um, and then he was a child actor um, that's when he he was born here San Francisco almost immediately went to went to uh, China with his parents and his parents were in, his father was in show business so got him into it then they came back here. He went back and forth like three times. Um, it's a great documentary to check out. Uh, and they and they had they even had people obviously Kareem Abdul Jabbar they re-interviewed, but they had uh, his, a few of his early friends and students. That, that early, like, oh, really? Like, yeah. So that's like wow. This is this is probably what you don't see in other documentaries. His uh, his uh, Chinese girlfriend from when he was like late teens, early twenties. So it's like, it was interesting to hear, uh, just hear from th- You wouldn't hear from these in a typical documentary about him. Like the people that actually knew him yeah. personally, obviously uh, uh, Linda Lee, his wife. Um, and then uh, Shannon, the daughter you had there. So it was interesting. I, I, check it out. The only thing I would say about this documentary is that it was, it, it was all B roll and photos and footage. You never saw the people speak. So it was hard to keep track of who was speaking after a while because it would, it would show it on the screen, but it's like if they showed them in person, you'd have a better connection to the people that knew him. And even it was like one of the producer people that helped him, I think, on Enter the Dragon or something in the 60s, who's now probably like in his 80s, they even interviewed, was still alive. So it was, it was, it was check it out if you like Bruce Lee at all. And I won't get more into Bruce Lee because I can go on for like an hour about how a genius he was. He, he, he basically wrote a, a book, uh, the uh, Tao of Jeet Kune Do, which shows his scribblings and him, you know, theorizing, analyzing all these different moves from different martial arts and how that can be effective. And from talking to my friend, it's like a lot of that is still taught today, those principles. Sure. And, and even the ones that they've perfected started from things that he thought about then. So, anyway. And any thoughts about good old Bruce? No, I mean, nothing that you didn't really cover. I mean, I just, I, I always enjoyed watching his movies growing up and... um when I was a teenager, I, I, I read up on him and basically the same stuff that you talked about, you know, about, uh, basically he had trouble fitting in anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't help that sad story. And it didn't, it didn't help that he married a white woman. Yeah. Like that didn't, that, and he was, uh, he was, um, one quarter, I think European, I think one of his grandparents was European. So that, that probably the other people didn't know, but it was, it, he didn't have an easy he didn't have an easy life it, it, it focused also a little bit on the fact that how you know how he didn't have a personal life and how that affected him a little bit so right. it's things you wouldn't typically hear about whenever you hear Bruce Lee you hear of like this god you don't think about like the man himself right so it was interesting um, GameStop Ian yes real quick they reported their quarter one um, finances which which for them is February March and April so obviously once you hit March you get into the cl- store closings a lot uh, wasn't wasn't good. It probably wasn't going to be good regardless, but it wasn't good. So their net loss is somewhere between 162 and 172 million for the quarter. They closed 76 percent of international stores, all U.S. stores temporary temporarily in response to COVID 19, and then the, the the actual financials will be fully announced. Oh, today. So we can probably look it up. We'll just say it's around 165 million. Yeah. Wow. 
They were hurting before, but now it's like... Well, they're not giving cash right now. For, for stuff. stuff? Yeah. Just all credit? It's credit. And I don't know if... I mean, I'm sure that if you were to ask them, they'd probably spin it somehow for COVID. But They don't have any money. They don't have any money to give. Um, they're offering like a, one penny for Xbox 360s, but they're selling them for like 80 bucks. What, yeah. what, is, it, what is it? 360 go for at your store? Right now, about eighty. It depends on the model. So, so the price is fine, but they're just not. Giving yeah, it, it, it's, money? it's yeah. They're just not giving anything for them. I guess credit would probably be something. Nope, and I think it was like a penny for credit too. What were they trying to say? Then? We don't want this stuff at all, or we're just gonna yeah. Take I, it? I, I I don't know. I, they're they're definitely hurting though. Like it's not more than good. they would have been. Yes, um, they're in bad shape. Uh, I mean, Obviously, a lot of businesses are suffering, but for an organization like GameStop, you think that. With, with how long they've been in business and with how they operate, that they could have sustained being the stores being closed for even two months. And it wasn't even, I mean, two months for, for most locations, but that's it. Uh, maybe a little over two months. Like, it's just amazing that it's like not just a, it, it, circling the drain, but now it's a quicker circle yes. of the drain. That's basically what's happening here. So, Wow. Um, total global sales for the quarter expected to be down between 33 and 35% from $1.5 billion last year. Wow. And comparable, uh, comparable store sales are expected to be down 30 to 31%. Um, excluding stores that were closed, store sales are expected to be down 16 to 17%. Wow. Okay. Not much more to say about this. I mean, no. I gave this, what, another year? A year and a half before they closed for good? I think with this, I don't know if they're going to last till the end of this year. Yeah, I think uh, it would be. Yeah, I think they'll hold on. I mean, they got a lot of stock they can liquidate, though. Who's going to come buy all their stuff? I wonder. I think they'll try to make it through at least the next system launch, but that's. You think so? But they're not. But what if it's only limited quantities anyway? They can't sell a lot of yeah. them this this holiday season, which yeah. probably they won't. It's going to be a slow rollout for these next systems. I, I mean, it, it's it's going to what what they're going to see is that. Not even like this is when they should typically start seeing a lot of business again is when new systems roll out. And I think they're going to realize that that's just not going to happen anymore. And I think that will probably be what puts them in, uh, puts them six feet under. You think those uh, Amico pre-orders, the Galaxy Purple is going <laughs> to no. float them? No, I don't, think that's, I don't think that's going to float them. Oh, that's, a, that's a shame. That's a shame. All right. Well, that's it for this long intro, I, I, I suppose. This topic, though, Ian, happened right after the last podcast came out. And I was very... Very disappointed we did not get to discuss. Yeah, because I because I was just talking about uh, I was talking um, during that Sega topic about how Sega has made some bad choices in the past. No, it was, it was during the Atari Se- segment, segment last right. year about yeah. the Atari Raspberry Pi. That's you right. said. Well, Sega used to make bad decisions yeah, so like, like that, like, like yeah. ten years ago, like this. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting, Ian. I want I wonder what examples there are. And then that night, Ian. We get, I guess, the surprise announcement that Sega was, was going to be touting. Or well, there's something. a there's a ba- no, there's a different announcement. But they announce, <laughs> so they put up like this teaser image for a Game Gear Micro, and it looks very small. And I'm like, there's no possible way it can be that small. It's like rusting in the, in the center of, a, of, of of the palm of a guy's hand. But I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's not the actual size. Maybe that's a big hand. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's, it's Andre the Giant. Maybe whatever. What kills me about the Sega Game Gear Micro... So the Sega Game Gear Micro is coming out 
Right now, it's a Japan-only product. It will probably only ever be a Japan-only product. It is a keychain-sized Game Gear that comes with four games on it. But there are four colors, and there are four different games ah, per Four game sets gear. of games. Ah. And they are retailing for what will be about $45 US. I think it'll probably, they'll probably edge up to $50. They come in, but we'll just say $45. Oh my god! I just I can't begin oh to start where, where where it's wrong. And the thing is, is like minor changes in any direction could turn this into a product that I would have interest in. If it was like thirty games on one, I might try to deal with the size. If it was twenty games on something that was smartphone size that I could hold, I might try to work with it. If this stupid product was twenty dollars ah, instead of forty five dollars, same size only four and the games. Same size and ah, only four games. Ah, I might actually consider ah, it. <laughs> but everything is ah, wrong with it. Ah, every possible thing they could have done wrong, they did. They went in every wrong direction possible. On the design, on the number of games, on the price, every direction they miscalculated, not just a little, grossly, grossly. to make this an absolute joke. Yeah. It's this just, is a joke product. It's insane. Sorry. Your, your little Pac-Man yeah. Tamagotchi is going off? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, this is, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, this will be like, you know, like, a GBA micro sized. I was literally expecting something this size. Which is like a little like GBA micro almost. A little with bit. 40 games on it. That's what I was expecting. 40 games on like an iPhone size. And I was excited. Because I don't have... I Everyone knows, anyone who listens to the podcast or has followed me for any length of time knows that I love portable games. I love portable systems. And the Game Gear is one of the few that I've never really given a fair shake. So I was excited to be able to finally dive into the library for what I assumed was going to be a reasonable price. The screen <laughs> size on this is barely over an inch. It's 1.15 inches. Holy shit. Are you for real? Are you for real? Are you for fucking real? And, that, and that's diagonal. That's so. And they have the balls. Uh, one of the game gear. One of the game gear. Minis are you for fucking real? Is is <laughs> is three strategy RPGs? Oh really? Yeah, that's it's a shining fun, force. That's be fun. Fun reading all that. Yes, it's three strategy RPGs. And then uh, I think it's like maybe it was the um, I think it was like the Game Gear Shinobi or something. Like In that. comparison, the GBA Micro, which is suitable, is two inches. That screen. And, but lots of people are like, that's too small. If they had done a GBA micro screen size, just two inches, it would not be a joke anymore. It, I would be like, okay, yeah, this is a joke. It's a joke for the number of games being different in all four. If they said, we're going to give you 16 games, Ian, we'll give you 16 games. But you can have one of your four colors. I'd be like, okay. That's semi-reasonable. That's like a couple bucks a game, even if it's a joke size. Some people will yeah, like put, that. Put all the games on all the systems. That's this fine. is. You talk about the cynicism of of uh, nostalgia and retro mini consoles. Yeah, we thought we saw it with how bad the PlayStation Mini was, with how bad the emulation was, and the choice of games. This blows that out of the water. Like this is insane, and the fact that they had uh, Los Cojones, Ian. To then offer a one-inch screen, but say, we're going to sell you the Sega Big Window magnifier in order to actually play these games. And yes, they had something like that for, I think, the original Game Gear, but the original Game Gear wasn't an inch. Like, this is 
Oh, and I, I, I think I read, and I could be, this is potentially, I believe you have to buy all four to get the big window. Oh, is that what I someone said? I read that you had to get all four That's to get that. That's what I read. Was like, yeah, you buy. If I think like the big window came if you bought all four or something like that. The original Game Gear screen was three point two inches, as comparison. Excuse me, which was pretty big at the, at the time. That was a, that yeah. was a pretty good screen. They couldn't even they couldn't even do two inches, like to make it useful. Increase the size by 100%. How much would that have cost you, Sega, to, to have a 2-inch LCD versus a 1-inch? What did you say? A, a dollar per? I mean, this is unbelievable. Like, like like you said, if this was 20 bucks, maybe, as a keychain, maybe. Yeah. I would have done it. Because you can't play these games for a long amount of time, I'm guessing. Right. How, how much could... What's the charge? Do we know what the charge is on this? Or battery, whatever it is? is, is yeah, it, I have no idea. Watch... If it's, I guess it's probably a watch battery, right? What, what power is this stupid thing? Game Gear Micro Power. What was that in the article there? Oh, two two uh, two triple A's or USB micro power adapter. So you can't you can't charge it. You got to use batteries or just have it uh, plugged in. Okay. Cool. There you go, Ian. There's your Sega for you. It was like right on, <laughs> right on. T- what, what was the, I jinxed it? What was the bigger announcement? Was it the Fog Gaming? Thing? Uh, yeah, so I don't quite understand it, but they're doing. They want to do some sort of like it, they're calling it Fog Gaming, I think, but it's like some sort of cloud gaming arcade thing. Let some me, sort of arcade tech. Let me do some pat math here. If you want to get all sixteen of these games, we'll just say it's going to give you forty-five, fifty bucks US. When it comes out, we'll, we'll even say forty-five times four. And then what? You get like a fifth color one. If you there's like a fifth model I saw that's different color, whatever. They are charging you eleven dollars a game. They're charging you. A, it, that's usually when it comes to these micros or minis. You say how much per game? Eleven dollars per game. You are paying. It's nuts for games that Sega has a library. They could have easily did thirty games, thirty Game Gear games. They could have put on Shinobi. You know, they, they put on all the Sonics. You know, there's plenty of Sega games without even doing third party they could have done. And they could have put 30 on there, charge you, charge you $60, and made a, a Game Boy micro size. And I think it would have sold Gangbusters. Yeah. I don't picture anyone. What's the market for this, Ian? Like, what, what is it? Is it is, are People there, with too much fucking money. Are there Sega fanboys out in Japan that'll just buy this? Buy all four of them? I guess. And never play it. Like, why would? How would you play it? How can you? Pl- how can you play Sonic with, on a screen that small and keep track of it? Like, how how could you do that? Or like you said, the RPGs. How how are you going to do that? Yeah, I have no idea. You, well, you get the big window and, and strap that sucker right. onto. <laughs> uh, like this is <clears throat> the only thing I thought of was like. Remember, Nintendo had the 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 uh, LCD keychain so like Donkey Kong they, they came out like twenty yeah. years ago mm-hmm. but those weren't forty five dollars they must have charged probably ten bucks for those they things. were twenty bucks or, and twenty they were I have I had one because I have one somewhere they're, they're they were just basically redos of the Game and Watch games I mean they worked fine they were but it's fun. twenty like you said twenty bucks I think they're twenty bucks that's that's what a keychain should cost like maximum ever yes but that's how much LCD games cost so you get that right this is insanity. I would love to know what the actual production costs of these are. I would love to know. If you if they told me, yeah, it costs us 25 bucks to make these, I'd be like, okay, then you should have probably made it bigger to justify the cost at that point. 
Because sure. because because the screen the screens don't cost anything anymore, right? Like that, if you, one inch versus two inch, like are the, someone out there in the comments, tell me how much it costs for a, a, a fucking two inch LCD screen. It cannot cost that much more than than a one point one five inch screen. It can't. It absolutely cannot. Because how many things use a screen that small to begin with? You know that, and probably I know that they don't really make um, squared off four three LCDs anymore. They're all. They're all widescreen. Yeah, and they just, and they just yeah they they and then they just mask chop them, them. Yep. basically. So this is this is nuts, Ian. I don't think I'm overreacting. I think this is insane. It is. It's wild. It's fucking crazy. So you have you have no inclination of getting the Sonic one. You're just like I don't want anything. To do Not with at this. that price, no. If it was twenty five, maybe if it was twenty bucks, I might get the blue one just to have but it, just because it's cute. Sonic, throw, literally throw it on my keychain but yeah they managed to make something that's not a keychain anymore but not a real product you can use yes they, they found this twilight zone retro twilight zone of nothingness which i don't think we've seen before i'm, I'm like almost impressed that they managed to do this it's like you you had to set out to make and market and price something this off in order to appease no one Really? Did you see anyone excited about this on Twitter? No, or <laughs> no, no. I didn't see anyone. I thought people excited. were going to come. At, I thought people were going to come at me because because I was because I was you know anti Sega. I was like, this is insane to me. And you know, I was like, no, this is insane. Yeah, no, no it's right. absolutely it's, nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Okay, Ian, do you like hair on the head? Big lustrous locks. Looks good. It's ornamental and it keeps you warm. Well, did you know two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're thirty-five? Well, the good news is that with today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss and help you keep the hair you have at half the cost of your local pharmacy. You don't have to go broke to avoid going bald. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you may have tried them before, but probably never at this price. They are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast. Many men will uh, even experience hair regrowth with Keeps treatments. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. For a limited time, you can get your first month for free. That's one hell of a deal for getting to keep your hair. All right. This is how you get the special offer. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash CU podcast to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K E E P S dot com slash CU podcast. Woo! Keep that hair with keeps. All right, Ian. You love Namco and Pac Man. I do. He's in middle age like me now. And uh, Namco has a collection coming out, at least in Japan. There's no announcement of it coming out here yet, um, called the Namcot Collection. Namcot on the Switch was um, on the Switch was uh, the name that basically Namco released all of their uh, Famicom releases under. Um, real quickly, that collection is going to have uh, the NES versions of Pac-Man, Galaga, Tower of Draga, Battle City, Star Luster. Family Jockey, Yokai Dochuki, Dragon Spirit, Quinty, which is Mendel Palace. And you love that game. I love Mendel Palace. And uh, Splatterhouse, Wanpaku Graffiti. Which I, was a certain NES Punk review that. Which is really good. That's a... That's a <clears throat> That isn't a lot of filler in there, right? I don't know. Some no, of this, games, is a, but... this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good uh, list. I mean, honestly, 
getting the NES versions of these arcade games, I'm not sure what the benefit really is. But some of these games, like the Splatterhouse Wampaku Graffiti, were, were Famicom only. So, I mean, it's the only way you're going to play it. Um, Dragon Spirit was uh, quite different from the arcade version. So, the, I understand that. But, like... The jockey game looks fun. It looks cool. Yeah, but I don't know that I really need to play, like, the NES version of Pac-Man for comparison. Anyways... That's not the important part. The exciting thing that they're doing is it's going to include a bonus game, and it's going to be an NES demake of Pac-Man Championship Edition. Pac-Man Championship Edition, uh, for those who don't know, uh, it's a series of games now, but it's a time attack-based Pac-Man game. Basically, it shows you a maze in the original version. It shows you a maze, and there's dots. When you eat all the dots on... And, and the entire maze isn't necessarily full. When you eat all the dots on one side, a piece of fruit appears on the other side. When you eat that fruit, the maze literally morphs. It changes on the other side, and a new dot pattern shows up. Okay. And you keep going back and forth, and you want to see what... you know. You, you, basically, it's what kind of score can you get in five minutes. Um, you can eat all of the uh, ghosts... <clears throat> um, Basically, so it it plays like Pac-Man, but it's constantly changing. Uh, it was the reason I bought an Xbox 360. <laughs> I think I mentioned that when we talked about Pac-Man last week or two weeks ago. Um, I actually bought a 360 just for Championship Edition, and it was like the only game I played on it for a month. So uh, M2, who does great port work, they do um, they do a lot of ports for Sega stuff. They actually handled the ports for the uh, they handled the Sega Genesis Mini. Um, they're doing this collection, and they did a demake of Pac-Man Championship Edition that looks like an NES game. It's, it's Famicom, but yeah, they Famicom. Um, <clears throat> they've been working on it for five years, and they didn't think it was ever going to see the light of day. Here, here's here's a quote from M2 director Naoki Hori explain why the team was able to make an original game like this happen. He said, Now then, our company is allowed to do everything we want. <laughs> That's funny. Regarding the extra championship edition game, it's becoming something big to the point that I don't want to call it an extra game. Originally, this should be sold alone, right? So that as many people would play it as possible. That's exactly the case. So we originally negotiated to port the game to Nintendo 3DS. And afterwards, we've been working on this for around nearly five years. When it was ju- still just a 3DS port, we had already put a lot of effort into completing completely replacing the soundtrack, but for this game, we basically further replaced and remade many things even beyond just the soundtrack. We worked hard to make this a Famicom game on Nintendo Switch where you can move to the rhythm of the music and the graphics. While there, there are some people who knew about this project beforehand, I bet even they will be, still be surprised with be surprised at the finished game. I really wanted to release the game no matter what, so I'm glad that we managed to do so even five years later. So there you go. So, th- so this, he's making this sound like this is going to be impressive. Is this going to be like a 3DS standalone version? Yeah, this was originally supposed to be a standalone port for the 3DS, and now um, it does. I don't think this would actually run on an NES cartridge, but they decided to just keep going and it ma- basically make it fit the theme of the collection. Are we sure that, about that? I don't think it's an actual family. You don't think game. it's actually coded? No. Okay. That would be awesome if, if you could put it on a cart. Yeah, Holy that would crap. be awesome, but I don't think that's what it is because yeah, that'd be a little more difficult to go through uh, yeah, that yeah that would be a lot more difficult but they kept it with the 8-bit aesthetic and right with... so it fits the, the collection uh, so that's th- that's the only thing I'm not let's put it this way am I surprised that Namco would be like alright we have this awesome game that we're gonna make you buy a, a package of games to get it for whatever it is 25 bucks or whatever it is um, no w- would this have been great to be on its own for like a 5 to 10 dollar game yes yeah I, I totally um, would have paid 10 bucks for it 
But maybe this is the only way they can get it released. Uh, for, through, through Nintendo, you mean? They probably could have put it out on its own. No, I'm saying M2 and Namco. I'm saying Namco is probably being weird about it here, not M2. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's Namco's decision, oh, obviously. Sure. So the Namco's like, oh, well, we can charge 20 bucks and put on these other games and it'll still sell. Then again, I yeah. get it because I don't think I'd be interested in buying this collection if this wasn't included. Correct. Because like I said, as is, is neat as it is, and I mean, they're good versions, but I don't need to play the Famicom version of Pac-Man, Galaga, Tower of Draga, or Battle City ever again. I was going to say, is the Famicom version different than the Nintendo? And those the ones, version? no, they're not. They're not. I mean, we've okay. play, we played the Gal... We played the Gal... The... Well, Galaga would be exactly the same, yes. Yeah, I, I thought whatever. maybe maybe the maybe the Famicom for ever Pac-Man would be I don't think but... the Namco version of Pac-Man adds a bunch of options to it. No, it's bare bones. So, like I said, you know, it, it's fu- it's cool to be able to play Dragon Spirit in, in a slightly different way. Mendel Palace is a ton of fun. Splatterhouse. Um, it's weird to me that Mendel Palace is on there because that's not a Namco game. That was Red and Game Freak. Game Freak, as in the people who made uh, Pokemon. Mendel. Pa- oh, you're right for the for the dev. Yeah. So I have no idea why this game is on here. Maybe Namco published it in the in, in Japan? Japan, but they weren't. They, they definitely weren't. They the devs. Pu- it was Hudson Soft. And yeah, they, Hudson published it here. That's a weird one. It was Namco in Japan. Oh, okay. That happened a lot of times where there was just a totally different. Publisher. Well, yeah, because it was uh, uh, um, Bandai, I believe, published the Galaga port here. They did that. They did Dragon Spirit. Yeah. So I guess it was based upon relation, different relationships in, in, for US. That's just how it worked out. Anyways. Um, You're right. Game Freak developed it. Wow. Uh, first game they ever worked on. Um, this would be the reason why I buy this collection. So, I mean, it's smart, I guess, in that regard. Multiplayer on the Switch? Huh? If, if it's multiplayer, you think? Not, oh, no. I, um the championship edition is not multiplayer. That would be versus. That's another problem. They haven't released a good version of Pac-Man verse on anything. The only thing I'm disappointed of they have the, the night. The trailer is great. They don't show in the trailer footage of this Pac-Man championship. They make it seem like it's oh, it's a mystery game you get, but it, we know what it's going to be. Yeah, they show a screenshot, but that's it. Like, sh- show me. Like they're really making you pay to, to see what this yeah. game is like. <laughs> they don't want footage on YouTube. Like like. Damn it, Namco. So what? how much is it going to be? Between 20 and 25 US? Something around there? I don't know. I would actually guess 30. Uh, it's not 30. I, I, oh, okay. I, I, it's, um, we're, we're, the yen is in the trailer here. And I, I cannot calculate yen, yen directly here. Ooh, wait a second. That's neat. Oh, what, what, what are you seeing? Uh, Namco Collection will... Oh, so it's showing that the Namco Collection will be brought over as the Namco Museum Archives Volume 1 and 2. Oh, uh, especially as it also details the championship edition demake on the collection. Some of the titles in Wave One of the Japanese release have been moved to Volume Two, and it seems the game. It's okay. So uh, for the Volume Two, M Two is working on a brand new Famicom port of Gapless. What is that game? And that looks like it's actually going to be. Is that Galaga Plus? That's Galaga Three, technically. Okay, <clears throat> that would be interesting to see. All right. Anyways, uh, it's twenty four hundred yen. What is that in, in US? It'd be about 20 US. They always round up usually, It'd right? It'd be about 20 US, I think. Okay. So that's going to come out as a different collection here, one and two. It's going to come out as two parts. Yeah. But you, you have to buy both, though, to get the Pac-Man Championship? No, I think that's going to be in part one, and Gapless is going to be in volume two. Oh, so they're do. Oh, I see. They're going to yes. do a bonus game like that. That's... All right. Any game, list of games that are in part two, or no? It doesn't say. Okay. 
But the, like I said, the, the, the list of games isn't bad. Like I'm surprised about Splatterhouse. Uh, well, yeah. Pocket Graffiti. I mean, that's a, that's a deeper cut, and that's not usually when you think of Namco games. You don't think of that one on top of your head. So, uh, and, and like I said, the, the, the horse one just looks like a goofy, fun game. Hopefully, sure. it's, hopefully, there's not a lot of stuff with the translation that you can play it uh, there. And there's a, and there's like a side-scrolling action-adventure-looking game. I was never into Tower Druaga. I do like Galaga. I love but you know, we played Galaga a thousand times. But all right, well, there you go. That's a Ian's. Ian's I'm, I'm happy that Ian's gonna be happy for that. That's good. That's good. Yes. A much better value than the Game Gear yes. micro. Much better. <laughs> the value. Moving on. <clears throat> Ian, tell me about this uh, Sim Refinery thing. So Sim Refinery was released and uh, caught by the uh, Obscuratory. Um, the Obscuratory for games play unplayed and unknown. Which is run by, <laughs> I believe his name is uh, Phil Salvatore? Salvador. Salvador. Um, a really great website. I love reading the, um, the Obscuratory. Um, so they got a hold of... Um, a prototype of Sim Refinery, which was being worked on by Maxis uh, for Chevron, um, as sort of like an edutainment game uh, to be uh, released. Um, they had I I haven't I, I, build your own refinery. They were talking um, about a month ago about how Maxis you know did this, and uh, they were talking about Sim Refinery, and on I think it was. Well, all, all the different educational titles. It sound, it yes. There was like a spin-off company that was working on different products. Different yeah, for games. like different companies and stuff like, like that. He- like a health uh, care product yep. and there was other ones. Yeah. So um, Sim Refinery was one of them. And someone on, I believe it was the message board that I, I always want to call it NeoGAF. I don't know what it's called any, uh, what it's called now. Reset Era? Reset Era, I think is what it is. Um, I think it was someone on Reset Era actually had one of the discs. And they sent it off to him. They didn't know what was on it. There was uh, some fear there <laughs> that, uh, you know, it might have been overwritten with, like, Doom or something like that. You know, they didn't know until they, they saw it. Um, so, yeah, the disc was backed up and saved. And uh, they streamed a copy. They streamed themselves playing uh, the game, I think, last week. And it's incomplete, but it's still interesting to see that there's something exists. there. Yeah. So, I, I, so Ars Technica did an article about this a few weeks ago, talking about some of the background. Yeah, of this. Maxis Business Simulations was the division. Yeah, it sounds like they bought they bought. Uh, they said, Maxis acquired and renamed Delta Logic to Maxis Business Simulations, which operated for two years before spinning off to its own company, renamed Thinking Tools Inc. So, I'm sorry, it was Ars Technica where they found uh, someone found the disc. So, but it sounds like that's what helped dredge it up. Was talking about this, right? Sounds like oh. I, I got this thing. Sure. That's, that's how this happens. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm wonder if wh- whoever, you know, whoever is, you know, is in the Maxis offices somewhere has copies of this somewhere. It'd be great to put these out there, you know, for preservation purposes. Like the, the healthcare one sounded interesting. Um, I don't know if that one was, was complete when I was reading about it. Like simulating how, I guess, uh, providing different types of healthcare in the city, how it functioned. It, it, it seemed like kind of abstract in a way, but it was interesting uh, from what I quickly read about it. Um, let's see. It was a shaky business pro- proposition that started. Uh, Real Wright once said, I know how pathetic SimCity simulations are really compared to reality. <laughs> While Hiles finally got the thing, his assistant company, Delta Logic, was sorely missing in a single word fun. So I guess it was a marriage between a more dry company and right. access to... Oh, make these a little fun. It won't be 100% real. Fun. But it'll be fun. People actually want to use these. 
I mean, I, I mean, you know, where where in the world of Carmen San Diego isn't realistic, or or, or Oregon Trail so much? Sure. But you know, it, you're learning as, as you play, right? So, um, looks like Sim Refinery uses some of Sim Farms assets, which was actually one of my favorite Sim games. Never played that one. Uh, I loved Sim Farm, Sim Ant, and Sim Tower were three that I really, really enjoyed. And those are three I never played. Um, you didn't play Sim Ant for the Super Nintendo Guidebook? I didn't review that one. That's probably probably good old Daniel likes playing those Sim games. Sim Ant. He'll, he'll be reviewing the uh, the Sim City that came out for 64 in Japan. Oh, nice. Hopefully, but, hopefully, without, hopefully there's a translation patch out there to help. But yeah, it's cool to see this. Um, it, this I find this sort of stuff very interesting. This era of like where video games were tried, where people tried to use video games for education and business purposes. Um, you know, we saw, we've seen it in Japan a couple of times. There was the Master System game that talks about traffic safety that we talked yes, about on right. here, um, and then there was the uh, NES uh, game that was um, actually, I think it might have been a refinery or something like that no it was like it was like safety protocol working it was like a safety protocol one. Ga- yeah, yeah safety protocol game so i think that's interesting and i uh, i wonder how much of this is like going on now how much gamification is actually being done um in training well remember, remember the pc era pcs were adult products yes up until mid 90s if you want to say even late 90s like they were extremely expensive, obviously, but they were very difficult to use until probably Windows 95. 3.1 a little bit, but like kids could not easily run a computer. It wasn't until the stuff. 2000s, I think, that um, they became you know an all you know an everyone yeah thing. So so for a long time, that's why like we look at the most popular computer games up until the mid 90s, they were adult games. Sure. Then you got the teenage with Doom, but like all the adventure games and the point and click games, they were not marketed towards kids. Most of them. Um, and then obviously the text adventure games were adult uh, games, so that was that weird time where yeah, the average owner of a computer was probably like forty years old. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a young person sort of thing. Um, let's see, Sim Refinery prototype was made for a low budget of seventy five grand, and it's wow. understandably missing features that a higher budget game might have. It was meant to be expanded on if Sevron, Sev, Chevron wanted to continue the project. But it was never adopted within the company, and development de- didn't go any further. I think it's interesting because Chevron, obviously, it's a big company. I don't know if they were that much bigger thirty years ago because I've been watching, uh, I've been watching all these commercial '80s commercial cl- uh, clips, and it's around the San Francisco area too. Um, so, so many Chevron commercials, sure, from these Northern California um, uh, broadcasts from like the '80s. You know, in the East Coast, we didn't have, I think, a ton of Chevron. It was no. like Sunoco and. Uh, Shell, yes, yeah, Sunoco. Uh, Definitely, Shell was around yeah, a Shell lot. Shell was Hess, a lot. mobile. Hess was in New Jersey. Yeah, remember Hess, the green one, mm-hmm. Hess trucks. So I guess I guess I guess oil refineries are localized or regional. Makes sense. Um, in a photo published in the San Francisco Chronicle in March '93, several months after the prototype was completed in October '92, you can see a little bit of barely legible text on the computer screen. It lines up with the text in the prototype that says "Game Prototype Presented by Chevron and Maxis." It w- if it was this version that they were showing off to the press uh, half a year later, that leads me to believe that Maxis did not continue development past this point. Wow! So it was showed to the press. <laughs> hey, everyone, come look at this Simmerfinery game. It's interesting, I guess. A different time, Ian, in the early 90s, I guess. Um, 
It's possible that Chevron kept working on Sim Refinery on their own without the involvement of Maxis. In a presentation given in 94 at the Foundations of Computer-Aided Process Design Conference, two years after the prototype was completed, representatives from UC Davis and Chevron said they were actively trying to bring together the right combination of people to further develop Sim Refinery. This would explain why Bruce Skidmore said he was asked to continue working on the game as late as 98. Wow. However, this copy of Sim Refinery is what Maxis Business Simulations was able to complete. So there could be a more different, complete version out there. Right. Interesting. Yeah. All right, Bruce, where's the, where's the, where's your copy, Bruce? <laughs> where, do you, where do you have it? So you got a map screen, and you have an edit screen, which doesn't work in this version, and then you put together your plant, you build plants. There you go. I guess if you want to learn how the business works and... They're not going to use this for engineers to learn. They're going to learn that separately. But I guess this is a nice tool to show, I guess, how it operates. Maybe managers. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So maybe more of these sim, sim stuff will come out there. Let's have a little chat here about Fred Chesney, Atari, the VCS. Headline from the Register, written by our pal... Kieran McCarthy. I feel like I know him. <clears throat> Kieran McCarthy. Not just its VCS console that's MIA. Atari is a no-show in court, too. Reborn Biz ignores hardware architects' lawsuit over unpaid wages. Oh, my God. It's a nice reading headline. That's more like a long sentence than a headline, but it, yeah. that's how our cheeky Kieran is. Okay, so if you didn't keep up with this before, the, the main architect originally of the Atari VCS was Rob Wyatt. And he sued it, uh, Atari. Yeah, we've brought this up a couple of times, I think. Because they never paid him for his work or his company for the work on this. Right. Um, and then this was going to court. I didn't know I realized it was going to court this quickly. Neither did I. But um, I so, guess there was no settlement or anything like that. So he sued the icon- Iconic Games uh, Company in April for failing to pay him months of wages, showing a Colorado court invoices that totaled 261720 Dollars. That's a lot of money. The company was served with a summons in its U.S. headquarters in Delaware two weeks later and failed to respond by a deadline of May 13th. So good old Atari has one of these nice shell Delaware uh, P.O. Box uh, companies going yep. on just to be in the U.S. Yes. Isn't that nice? Hey, I wish I could do it because I mean, it's a lot cheaper than California having an LLC. I'm not going to deny that. But they do have a U.S. company, so you can sue them here. Interesting. Um uh, so Wyatt filed for a default judgment against Atari, something that he's likely, likely to receive, given the earlier failure to respond and the legal process required. So this is interesting. So Atari couldn't even muster up getting a lawyer to come and, and even present a, at a hearing for this and are basically throwing in the towel on this. I mean, that's what they're doing. So I guess that we had talked about this in October. It, it was. Um, he resigned in October 2019 after saying he yes, hadn't been Yes, we did talk about yeah, that in October. After yes. he said he hadn't been paid for six months. The guy who, you know, was supposed to turn this into something other than just marketing, bloviating, and bullshit. Yes, uh, could have made it an actual product. Yeah, they decided that that wasn't important to pay for. You know, an actual product. And, and, and they got their millions of dollars that obviously they could have used to pay him. So that's not an excuse. Yeah. You know. So, um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, I just... They could have probably, if Atari was even sensible, they could have even probably settled for even less than that total amount if they realized, okay, well, we'll keep this out of court. We'll give you, like, whatever, 200 or 225 whatever. And maybe they would... They didn't even try to do that. It's not like, we're just going to 
be, be, be lazy and not even show up and then automatically lose for the full amount. Like, it's just... I can never picture a real company doing something like this. Because then you're embarrassed on top of it. Because if you're going to pay him anyway, Ian, why not just pay him legally then before you have a default judgment against you? Like, this is... Sorry. I'm just flabbergasted by the lack of business sense all the way around. Like, this is like Sega with their game, your micro, where it's like, you're not thinking at all about this. Like, you don't give a shit about how your company looks. And you're going to pay out money. Or maybe they think we're in France, so it'll be hard to get our money, but I, I don't know. This is this is insane to me that you would not even show up or try to fight this or even negotiate or what have you. You have the money to hire a fucking lawyer uh, to, to at least negotiate this. I don't. I don't get this at all. Yep. Nope. It's. Uh, I don't know. Admitting defeat. Um, so the rest of the article is worth a read. Um, it just kind of uh, goes through the history. A little goes bit. through the history of, of of this of this nightmare um, console so far. Uh, basically talks about how uh, they have um, repeatedly opened pre-orders uh, because they suspect they have repeatedly run out of funds. Um, as of last week, they are promising, and I feel like this has been promised for a long time now, uh, they are going to have an initial run of 500 consoles available by the middle of this month, supposedly. And you ask, why, why shouldn't they have the funds to do all All 000? of them. Uh, because there are nearly 12,000 people who are three, waiting they on got the box. three million dollars from this uh yeah was it three years ago it was 2017 right yeah was it 17 or 18 uh it's it's been, it goes all the way, it goes all been, the way back to 17 it's been three years it was july 2017 yep so um yeah and just points out that when this does finally hit market it's going to be underpowered it's going to rely on a largely unknown game streaming service that's ant stream we've talked about ant oh, stream Antstream? on here before when the fuck was this um it's going to rely on a largely unknown streaming service for anything beyond Atari's own games, and people have to pay for that service. The same hundred games you can get buying the fucking Raspberry Pi from Micro Center, yeah. probably, on there. So, it, yeah, it's it's insane. And I think at this point they're just oh. slowly, like, dawdling. Because- oh, no, it's only been two years. Excuse me, it's been t- only two years since the Indiegogo. It was June 29th, 2018, and it ended. Okay. They raised $3 million. Three million dollars it's a lot the comments are are the comments are not locked so you can go go to the indiegogo and look at that fun um there you go i think people might realize at this point it's just gonna be well there's gonna make 500 how can you run out of money to produce it that's the whole point of crowdfunding is that you know what it costs to make this did you just blow through this money with with hookers and blow fresh Chenet? Did you? I'm, I'm not saying you did. I'm just speculating. How could you go through that money? You're getting other money uh, from other avenues, from whoring out your name for the fucking cryptocurrency casino and the hotel and, and this Raspberry Pi. You're getting money from different sources. You're probably, from what I hear, um, they go after, uh, they've gone after like people producing their own Atari shirts, so they're very litigious when it comes to that. So you're getting money somewhere. Make the fucking consoles. Make the 12,000 consoles. Holy shit. What a joke. Uh, t- uh, this is uh, this is funny. Uh, Kieran just... This is 
this is editorializing and news, but it's great. Despite a successful crowdfunding campaign, Atari didn't have anywhere near the resources to create a console from scratch, and so ended up taking a series of shortcuts that have made the finished version of the VCS, which is yet to ship in a meaningful way three years later, not very appealing. When it does finally hit the market, it will be underpowered and will rely on a largely unknown game streaming service for anything beyond Atari's games, a service that users will have to pay extra for. There are no outside developers on board and no ports of popular games. Atari has repeatedly reopened uh, for pre-orders, many suspect because it has repeatedly run out of funds. And as things stand, last week promised that it will have an initial run of 500. There are, however, nearly 12,000 increasingly angry netizens who have paid as much as 400 for each box. Uh, the fact that Atari is heading into a default judgment in, in lawsuit brought by the bloke tasked with creating the console, it didn't even respond to the allegations, is just one sign that the Atari VCS is destined for the dustbin of history. No comment from Atari was received at time of publication. That cheeky Kieran. Oh, it's crazy. I, I, I wonder what happens if they don't come out with these uh, 12,000. I, I wonder what will happen. You think that you, if you don't come out with this twelve thousand, that um, there will be obviously everyone will be reporting on this, and then no one will hopefully do a business with Atari, and the name doesn't mean anything, obviously. Right. Those games have been re-released so many times. I don't even think those games have any value anymore individually. No. Those twenty six hundred. I mean, they've been. No, they can't possibly. I mean, uh, I should have bought those the, the rights to Atari. I mean, like, how much could it have possibly cost at the time? Well, let's put it this way. If they try to sell us eventually, I just think the value will just be less and less. It's never going to be the same again. No, 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 no. You know, we're, we're, we're fucking 45 years into the, the existence of Atari, for God's sakes. You know, so 74, 75. Holy shit. With Pong and everything. My God. Um, all right, anything else to add from our cheeky Kieran McCarthy? No. All right. Um, Ian, we have a scumbag. Seller, we do. Of the week. Yes, we do, Ian. Look at the topic list. I'm looking at the topic list. It's under Scumbag Seller of the Week. Our Scumbag Seller of the Week is, um, well, hard to pronounce this name here. It's uh, BE881920. It sounds like an android from Star Wars there. And they are Scumbag Seller of the Week, Ian, because um, they are selling medium, flat rate, Boxes. United States Priority Service mailboxes. The ones that you can just go <laughs> to the post office and grab off the rack. The ones that they can ship you for free. free. Priority mail packages or boxes are free. The envelopes are free to use. And it's selling these for uh, one box, Ian. Only one on eBay. Oh, you get 25. No, you get 25 of them. Okay. You get 25, you get 25. Flat, flat rate boxes for $5. So what, is, what this tells me is I don't think this person actually has these on hand. They are, they are going to drop oh, shit. Yeah. You <laughs> yep. They're going to say, okay, what idiot is going to pay me $5? They're going to give me their address. I'm to gonna go, go to the post. To literally go online, <laughs> go to the request page, and put it in their address and send it to them. Yep. I don't think this is... Uh, this is, this is I think this is against terms of service. I don't think you're allowed to be drop shipping on eBay. You have to own the items you sell on eBay. I'm pretty sure that's a terms of service thing. You cannot drop ship. You can't take pre-orders on eBay. I know that. That's supposedly right. It's, this is this is drop shipping. Drop shipping. Yeah, more than ten available. 
Yes, there's a uh, there's a billion available because it's the yeah, post office. <laughs> this guy doesn't have two thousand five hundred boxes just chilling. I or use these boxes myself, and they work very well. Up to seventy pounds, great for shipping. Wow, wow! I understand times can be tough out there. You want to make a living. This is really bad. Yeah, this isn't the hustle. Unless this person really had all these shipped to their house. But then they hit, he had to reship back out and it's free shipping. So, no, that's not what's happening here. Right. Then, unless he's just being, unless he's thinking, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to just send these for free, basically. But I don't think you could ship priority mailboxes, pri- uh, flat rate priority. I don't think that's how it works. It's like a priority inception. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> this is probably drop shipping happening here. This is, this is balls to do this. Yeah. And they sold, unfortunately, sold. Two. Uh, they've sold two so they've far. sold two so this person's made ten dollars i'd love to, i'd love to see, nothing. i'd love to see who bought these and called them out um i would love to see that one has 590 uh ratings so that's a real person at least it happened june 4th the other person was on may 23rd that is so this, this person is is new at this too they only have four they only have four, four uh feedback four feedback yeah well they but they were all for selling or buying um no they're for buying Oh no! A couple, a couple were for they sold um, the Peak Life uh, Som- Somnipure PM Minor Pain Management ninety capsules, and the Optics Care ILU Plus uh, Plus Hydralon for dog, cat, horses pack of three. So they've they've got some um, some maybe new old stock of of of, of uh, some some supplies of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're selling eye oh, lubricant. They're selling oh this is good. Uh, not they're selling old. Um, Looks like older uh, a bear Citricol Maximum Plus coated caplets. Uh, they're selling that, and they're also selling oh, a, a new mirror dash cam uh, for your car. I guess one of those with a, with a touchscreen. I'm interested in seeing about this. I'd love to have a little touchscreen uh, put in my in my car <sighs> there. Uh, so this is interesting. We haven't done a scumbag sell week in a while because we're we're just running into the same sort of you know repro boxes and, yeah. and uh, retro pies with, with with games installed on it. It's really hard to make our list. Of a scumbag, it is. I mean, I mean, Sega probably should have with the, with the Game Gear Micro, um, but um, but selling free boxes is definitely a good way. Free boxes that is a good way to get us. You are not shipping. I, how, okay, when will people figure out if they buy this? And hey, this is not coming from this person who who's from uh, Indiana. This is coming from the from the or whatever the nearest postal servers is to ship me the boxes you know whatever the nearest regional center is probably shipping me these boxes to you know out right that's who's probably doing this um this is nuts usps box request um priority box request i feel like i should put it in the comments section here and do it yeah even if you go to like stamps.com that you can get it from there yeah ship there's a shipping supply there's a usps store where, where you get them. Yes, you go on, on you go, Ian, oh, oh, dual use priority mailbox, pack of 10 or 25. The cost, Ian, is zero dollars <laughs> and zero cents. You can get the military care kit, six boxes, tape and, tape and labels. Zero dollars and zero cents. How many cents? Zero cents as du- well? Double zero cents. Wow. The only thing they charge for, it looks like, is like a, a, a postal scale all right, all right. Okay, okay. USPS, I love you. Don't close my account. 
it's really highway robbery to charge $73 for a USB commercial scale. Those are like 15, 20 bucks on eBay for something that goes at least a hundred pounds like, or less $10. So that's bad. Well, when they're giving you all those delicious free boxes, boxes for free. I, yes. But now I want to look up how much a 330 pound scale actually costs. 330 pounds. It's not $73. If it is, I excuse me, uh, mail scale, postal scale. Yes, you can buy one for $34, a 330-pound digital scale. So, okay, they, got, they, got, they have margin on some things of the USPS. We do, I do know that, like, when you go into it, you know what the biggest thing that pissed me off? Hmm. You go in and you got to buy that little, that little crappy packing tape that's awful, that little... Oh, yeah. They charge, like, $3, $4 for that little thing. When you can buy, a, you know, the big hunk of roll with the, the professional, you know, the, what were they called? The, 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 you know, with the big handle. That's real packing tape. Yes. Like, that doesn't cost as much as they charge you for that little shitty, thin 3M uh, stuff. That's what annoys me at the post office. But, yes, if you want mailing envelopes, the flat rate padded envelope is even um, free to get a pack of, you know. But then you got to pay the, prior- the higher priority. Right, to exactly. Get that. that's, how they, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. It's like the free salad and breadsticks. You know, they, they, <laughs> they fill you up on the free stuff, and then you got to pay. You know, that's how they get you there. Yeah, all, everything is free here. Uh, you can Ian, you can get the uh, cremated remains human kit two for free. You can get yes, oh, this is a thing. Right. You get the one box. You get the uh, how is this a thing? You you don't you don't get an urn. What do you get? One box priority mail express tape bubble cushion self sealing plastic bag. What? That's a thing. I didn't make that up. I did not make up the human remains kit uh, priority mail. I did not make that up. I mean, I guess it, you'd need them. I mean, they exist. But how is that distributed in a flat rate box? Unless, unless there's like a special little like container you put it in, little like Folgers, Folgers uh, coffee can uh, size thing. No, that's 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 insane. But you know, I guess if you're looking for human remains, and it comes up in a search, human remains is what's the kit one then? What is the kit one? Oh, the kit one is just a much bigger box, I guess. If you you know you get like a much bigger person's remains. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's a special box that says cremated remains. Oh, it's a special thing because it's uh, toxic that you're transferring. I guess. Sorry. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. The fact of the matter is, don't drop ship stuff off of eBay. That's against terms of service. That might that might have happened to me when I ordered my. I unfortunately ordered the TurboGrafx Mini from uh, from uh, Amazon Japan, and then three weeks later, it comes out in the uh, the US, US. for hundred dollars. So I'm out sixty bucks by paying a drop shipper on eBay. That's my fault. Because they said it wasn't going to come out until December, and then it was available everywhere. That's on me. That's my fault. I wouldn't blame that scumbag. So that's on me. I knew they were going to be a drop shipper, even though they didn't say that. It, it was labeled from Japan when I got when I got it. But anyway, all right. So BE eight eight one nine two zero for drop shipping free priority mailboxes. You are the scumbag seller of the week, Ian Patrick. We have a Patreon topic. Ian. We do. How do you access the Patreon? I was going to ask you the very same thing. You go to patreon.com slash CU podcast. You get, you get a hangout once a month with Ian. Maybe you get a hangout a, once a week or a two. Month. You, get a, you get a writing. You get a writing. Hopefully once a week. You get, I uh, just talked about the club, them, them clubhouse games. And you get, you get to vote on the Patreon poll every week. In third place, what was your favorite thing about the start of summer and were you a beach kid? 19%. Surprisingly low. Maybe we'll get back to that in the future. Second place, what were your favorite books, books, book series growing up or recently? Our, our patrons can't read. 24%. They don't want to in that. And number one, 
Why are you you've you are weirdly what? against the book one? I don't want the book topic Why? to come out. Now they're going to vote for it. I don't because I don't have a lot to say about recently uh, about what I've read or anything. Growing up, that's true. Growing up, I talk about the Hardy Boys. Question. What and, and number one, what games have you put the most hours into at fifty six percent? Ian, that's with a bullet. So I've been thinking about that, and uh, there's a lot that I've put a lot of time into. Some are obvious to me. Some I have to like think and, and go, okay, over my lifetime, I've probably put a lot into these. Um, so just games like it, the nice thing about modern games is they generally keep track of how long you've been, how long you've been playing. Oh, like them. Steam? Yeah. Like Steam or uh, the, the switch does it. Some games do it on the PS4. Um, but at least as far as like recent stuff in recent memory goes, um, no Man's Sky is a game I've put hundreds of hours into. Hundreds, yeah, probably two hundred to three hundred over the past few. Was that what it came out four years ago? Yeah, probably about four years. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Um, I realize that's not as crazy as like some people, but for me to put three hundred hours into a game is 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 a lot. Um, Mario Kart Eight is also a game that I have put a lot of time into um if you were to add up the amount of hours i put into the wii version the wii u version and the switch Switch version i've probably put about 150 200 hours into um mario kart i probably put at least 100 hours into both combined i would say probably 200 that's a game that i keep going back to and that's like where i start to realize okay i'm really like putting some time into these games is like yeah. I just keep going back to them over, over time um, I pick Mario Kart back up for like another 10 to 15 hours like every three months and it just it's, keeps it's adding a, it's a brilliant game I don't I mean how can they perfect that game and I guess I could but like holy shit I was talking about everything. it the other day Mario Kart is a game that I don't know that I actually like because the entire time that I'm playing it I fucking bitch about how unfair it is but I always go back what's unfair about it with the items just like the rubber banding AI and stuff like oh. that but I like it it's I always joke and say that it's the it, it's a very fancy dice rolling simulator I mean there's there's obviously skill involved but there's a lot of luck involved in Mario Kart too. um if you know how to drive properly, you're you're gonna do well, though. Yeah, but you're still gonna get. You have to use items properly. If, if you're skillful, yes, and you use items properly, you're always going to finish in the top four or the top five. You're not always going to get first place. Not, not against humans, no. It's 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 because um, because people are too close to skill, and there is a little bit of randomness. Absolutely, no, you're right about that. It's not just dice throwing. It's not yacht. No, yacht that's dice. why it's joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um. But I think when I think about games that, uh, that I've really put the most time in, um, Fire Pro Wrestling. Um, the newer one or just in one single game? We're talking about series. Series as a whole, but I could easily say Fire Pro D and Fire Pro R. Um, in Fire Pro G, honestly, all three of those games probably got, uh, probably have. A couple hundred hours at least in each one. I didn't play as much as um, as much as the PlayStation one was at G. G was on the, on the emulator. Um, I didn't play as much as that as I played Six Man Scramble on the Saturn, which I obviously played a lot of that with my Disco Inferno creator wrestler. So I don't talk a lot about like when I was really into wrestling, but my friend Jay, my friend Galen, and my friend Dan and I would get together once a week, every week, um, for years for probably three years in there when i was still living in buffalo before i moved out here and it was when tape trading was still a big deal sure so um and i didn't really buy tapes but 
Dan and uh, Jay definitely bought tapes, um, and Galen um, would buy some too. Uh, Jay was very into Torimon and Dragon Gate. As a matter of fact, J- my friend Jay is now the he's the guy who uh, runs all the English language um, Dragon Gate stuff. Like officially, he actually okay. works for them now. Um, but we would get together every week. We would uh, they would all you know get their new tapes. They'd all pick some matches. We'd all watch probably like two hours of wrestling, and then we'd sit around and we'd play. Every week, we'd play whatever version of Fire Pro is current for, like, two, if not more hours. What was your favorite version? Would you like D better than uh, um, G? D is my favorite sentimentally, but, uh, well, because it was Dreamcast as well. Oh. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of G as well, though, because that was, that was what I really, like, sunk most of my time in. G really expanded um, the moves yes. a lot more. I remember, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Because I loved Benoit back then. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. The Crippler Crossface had a bug in that game. Mm-hmm. You could not submit. You remember that? Yep. There, for some reason, I remember that. But G was like... Was when they started uh, putting new moves on your card to put it on your PlayStation, too. I believe that's when they did that. I don't believe so. You, really? I thought they did that on G. I don't believe they did they that released with G. New moves. They did that with D. Was it D, not G? D, D, they released new moves. What they did in D was they uh, held a vote. Um, and they released, I think it was like 16 or 20 new moves uh, for the game. And uh, there was a, a service. And basically, yeah, you would download it onto your VMU. And, um, yeah, we would get all the new moves. I'm, I'm trying to go back to old fucking forums from like 2001, too, to see if there was move packs back no, then. No, there, there, there weren't any move packs for G. I, I can promise you there were not moves okay. for G. Not confusing it with that. With, with but the... there were, but there were moves added to D. That was the first time they added any any sort of moves. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I have you know, just just alone, you know, I I have a uh, probably four hundred hours into uh, one of the fire pros in, into D, G, and R. Um, so yeah, I think honestly that that's probably the game I've spent the most time playing. And there was a point in time where I played DuckTales every day when I got home from school. And would never though equal Fire Pro. Uh it would never equal Fire Pro. No. Good. But but that was one that I played a lot. I I would get home and I'd play DuckTales oh. every single day after when I was in high school, I'd get home and I'd play DuckTales once or twice through almost every single day. So well, that's there's was, lots of time. Um This is how I broke this down. Lots of time in that too. Games that took a lot of time at first. Games that you repeatedly play a lot, sure, or short games like NES, where as a kid, I you know I had Jaws, you know I probably played Jaws for like you know twenty hours, right? Like what human would do that? Because because you know each game would take like you know half hour, forty minutes, whatever. But you play them a lot. I don't think as much I probably as I play Contra or as much as I play Super Mario Brothers. There's no way the amount of time would even get close to some of these computer games I played. Yeah, there's just no, absolutely no feasible way because these these are not games that take hours and hours to complete. I mean, some NES games do, like Legend of Zelda. It'll take you a few hours. You yeah, know, by to the complete. time I got good at by the time I got good at Ducktales, I mean, an average run was was no more than 15 minutes. You know, yeah. that's very. Di- I mean, that that's how long a Fire Pro match takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if if Rampage, you know, on the Master System. You think he's beeping? If Rampage of the Master System took, would take you two hours, I ain't gonna play that more than once. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I remember playing that in the Master System. That's the only game I had besides the built-in uh, uh, Alex Kid Miracle World uh, uh, on the Master System too. Which God, the more I hate, I'll think about Alex Kid, I don't like it. Um, Viewed that game too. Um, 
I would not go back to those games. Sure. Like, like Top Secret episode I owned, but like I could only get you know an hour in before I got stuck, and that was it. Sure. Then I would, I'd be discouraged from playing it again. Um, but once you get to the computer and you get the games like playing like you know X Wing and Tie Fighter, just doing those campaigns takes several hours to mm-hmm. get through that. And some of those escort missions are very difficult. So those games could take you 20 hours to play through. Yeah. Now you're starting to get into these games that are a lot longer. Like playing a game like Space Quest, or those don't take that long to get through, but these games that have campaigns, yes. And then when you start to get into games like, you know, like obviously Unreal, and then get, get, get to college, you're playing multiplayer. Now we're talking a lot of time. Um, so to me, I thought about it. I said, how much should I play Civilization 2? I played that game for like eight hours a day, one summer, which you're talking, you know, let's just say that summer, whatever that was, 96 that summer, somewhere around there. We're talking, because you're not playing Doom eight hours a day. You no. know, you're not doing that. So we'll just play, uh, well, not eight hours, we'll play six hours a day. Six times 30, 180 times three. That's like 500 hours. I probably played 500 <laughs> hours of, of I, well, let's just say 400 hours, something like that. I probably played three to 400 hours of Civ 2. I'm not sure that's the most I played. I might have played Unreal Tournament 2004 more than that in the in the 2000s, mid 2000s. I was I was in the clan. I did a lot of I was in tournaments with like assault mode, and those sessions would go easily. Each session could go four hours, and we're talking playing that game for years, like three years. That game was popular probably with the add-ons and the TAM add-on. So I would probably say between like Civilization 2 is up there. Um, for sure. And then maybe there's an NES game. I'd probably get into the 100 hour from repetitiveness, but I'm tr- it'd be hard to think of one that I played that much to get to 100 hours. And then Unreal Tournament 2004, probably more than Unreal Tournament 99, more than the original Unreal, I probably played the most of any game more I think about it. That game became like playing that game almost every day for a while. Right. At least a couple hours each time. Like that probably within one year surpass any any summer of me killing my life and my reading list to Civ 2 which probably wasn't six hours a day it was probably four hours a day sure so it made, so anyway that was I actually I think about that a lot because I said yeah NES games you go back to a lot or even Super Nintendo games there's no way I'm playing these NES games for 400 hours it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're impossible not even if it's fucking Ob- Nobunaga's ambition that's not going to happen you're not going to do that so that was a good that was a good Q&A it was better than reading no, I could go off on reading. No, I, I like to read. I got to read more. I got to read more. Uh, um, uh, Ludlum <laughs> with the ba 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 titles. Yes. Ba 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 ba. Anyway, is that it for the CU podcast? You done? That's it. I'm done. It was a good one. It was a long one. Hour uh, and hour forty. I was gonna say hour and thirty six. <sighs> hour and forty. Right, probably close to hour thirty six, but uh, yeah, this was fun. Again. Um, I have a Cameo started up, cameo.com slash patcountry. If you want me to do a personalized message or birthday greeting or breakup or congratulations on graduate, uh, congratulations on graduation. Well, it's hard to say. Um, and all proceeds, all net proceeds after Cameo's cut this month, I will donate to American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, which are helping out lots of different areas with stuff going on. Uh, yeah. And then I still got to finish editing the new NES Punk video, and my heart obviously has not been into it. I, I, I shot it two and a half weeks ago, and I'm like, I just don't feel like doing it. It was one of those things where at the time it was a... Uh, He's like, oh, I'm going to edit this, get that out yeah. in a few days, then all hell breaks loose. And you're like, oh, Jesus. You know, 
but I'll, I'll get it out there. I'll get it out before 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 uh, spoilers before Pac-Man turns forty-one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't put a date on it. I learned from the Christmas episodes. I didn't say, "Well, Christmas just happened." No, right. like, oh, Pac-Man turned forty recently. It's like recently. Sure. It's like you know, it's not. It has to be timely. There. All right. That's Ian. I'm Pat. That's my hair ticking over my body. We'll see you later. Bye.